0: You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister. Michael Nimens,
1: I'm just thankful for the opportunity again to come to you in this manner. We've got a great show in store for you this week. We've got some great topics we're going to be talking about on today, Uh, starting off with the Derek Chauvin's sentencing that took place on this past Friday, June the 25th. The United States Attorney Merrick Garland filing a lawsuit against the state of Georgia for their unconstitutional voting uh, bill. And we round out the three topics that we're going to be talking about in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio and TV Show, talking about media mogul Tyler Perry and iconic pastor Bishop T.D. Jakes and their purchase of some prime real estate in Georgia. We're going to be it's time, top time for the Thinking Out Loud
0: Radio Show.
1: Go, 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 go. The worst thing that we can do for this week is to stay there, but we've got to snap out of it. Snap out of depression, snap out of grief, snap out of self-pity, snap out of complacency, snap out of fear, snap out of doubt, snap out of jealousy, snap out of low self-esteem, snap out of pain, and... Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker and minister Michael Nemens. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. Want to wish you guys another happy Tuesday to everybody and thank you so much for tuning in to a brand new edition. Of the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show, and I'm your host Michael Nemens. Uh, this is a brand new Tuesday, and uh, we're just so happy that you've taken some time out of your day to spend it right here with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. And you know, we had so much fun doing the show alone or solo last week that we decided to do it again. This week, <laughs> that's right, guys. So we are the hosts and the special guests for this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio and TV show, and we've got some great topics we're going to be talking about on today. Uh, starting off with the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, and the verdict, as well as the sentencing that took place on this past Friday, June the 25th. Uh, Derek Chauvin was sentenced to 22 and a half years, and we're going to talk about this case and the implications of his sentence uh, in the first segment of this week's show. We're also going to talk about The United States Attorney Merrick Garland filing a lawsuit against the state of Georgia for their unconstitutional voting uh, bill. SB202. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in the second second segment of this week's show. Uh, again, uh, U.S. Attorney Merrick Garland is filing a lawsuit uh, against the, uh, the state of Georgia and Governor Brian Kemp uh, and this SB202 voting bill that was signed into law a couple of months ago. We talked about it in one of our shows entitled Georgia is on my mind you can always go back and check out that podcast uh, on any or anywhere you listen to your podcast including our own personal ministry website michaelnimmons.com. And we round out the three topics that we're going to be talking about in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio TV show, talking about media mogul Tyler Perry and iconic pastor Bishop T.D. Jakes and their purchase of some prime real estate. In Georgia. We're going to be talking about uh, this in the last segment of this week's show. Guys, we've got a great show in store for you. And um, I just enjoy chopping it up with our listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. And we certainly appreciate your support of uh, our podcast. This is um, the fourth year That we're doing it will be four years in August and uh, we're not losing steam one bit. We're continuing on moving with this show and uh, we encourage you to check it out. We encourage you to rate, review and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. All right, guys, this July 4th, this July 4th, we're going to be unveiling our brand new website, MichaelNemens.com. We are relaunching it, and uh, I think you're going to really like it. It is a brand new state-of-the-art website with a lot of great things to offer, including a free gift if you subscribe to the website. So this coming July the 4th, which is this Sunday, July the 4th, you'll be able to check out our brand new website michaelnemmons.com that's right guys we'll have a brand new website for you to check out with a free gift if you subscribe uh, to our website and in addition to that we're also going to be relaunching our Facebook fan page uh, this is going to be the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show pa- fan page on Facebook and the link is going to be facebook.com forward slash thinking out Out loud HQ. Thinking out loud HQ. And within this uh, Facebook fan page, we're going to have a Thinking Out Loud community, that's right, that you can be a part of as well and when you uh, join this uh, exclusive private group, you're going to be given discounts and you're going to be given opportunities to be uh, exclusive members of this podcast community uh, where you'll be uh, invited uh, to be a part of uh, virtual interviews with guests that we have on the show Uh, again, uh, it is a a group that we want to grow uh, right on our Facebook fan page, Thinking Out Loud community. If you're interested in being a part of this community, uh, we're going to be, um, of course, uh, uh, connecting um, and sending out invitations from our Facebook fan page, uh, Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. But if you're listening and you're interested in being a part of this exclusive community on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page, uh, send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. Send us an email at michaelnemons.com and we'll make sure that we send you an invitation to be a part of this private Thinking Out Loud community where you're going to get discounts on Thinking Out Loud radio show swag you're going to get invitations to be a part of virtual interviews so you'll be a, a virtual audience in our Zoom uh, sessions with uh, special guests that be, that are interviewed right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show people like Jamel Hill and Martin Luther King III and Marcia L. Dyson and Dr. Peniel Joe And CHHR, this mouthpiece, and many, many others uh, that we have interviewed. We're going to be continuing uh, to do that on the show, but you're going to have a front row seat. Only if you're in a part of the Thinking Out Loud podcast community group on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. So, guys, I'm excited about what we have coming up and I hope you are as well. So this is a part of our relaunch of MichaelNemons.com. You'll see it on this Sunday, July the 4th, and you'll be able to be a part of what we have going on right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Remember to check out Thinking Out Loud TV. Uh, Guys, we've got videos that we're posting each and every week on our Thinking Out Loud YouTube channel. Be sure and subscribe. And when you subscribe, we want you to like and comment on our videos because we love to hear from you. We love to know that you're enjoying what we're doing right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We appreciate your support. We really, really and truly do. Also... Also, guys, remember to check us out for the after show at 8 p.m. this evening on a live on Instagram. We're going to be talking about uh, last week's show and this week's show and some of the topics that we discussed. We want to get your thoughts and feedback about it. We didn't do a live on last week because we uploaded the show kind of late, but we're going to be on this week. And we want to talk to you about what we talked about on the podcast. We want to get your feedback and more uh, live for the after show at 8 p.m. on Instagram. Remember to follow us at TOL Radio Host MSN so you can be a part of all the fun. Well, we're getting ready to take our first break, but when we come back, we're getting right into our first topic of the show, and that is the Derek Chauvin sentence, 22 and a half years. We want to know what your thoughts are about it. We're going to share our thoughts on the other side of the break. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back.
2: Hello, my name is Maya Nemens, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nemens, on the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Available everywhere you listen to your podcast, and now available on the Detroit Praise Network
3: website.
0: You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Emmy Award-winning journalist Jimmy O'Neal.
3: Have <laughs> to ask How is it that we're trying to allegedly reach racial harmony, but we want to have celebrations of racist things all the time? Again, we can't have unity unless we agree that something's bad. And we sound even more foolish by saying, "Oh no!" But we changed the meaning. Okay, they can say the same thing in Germany about a lot of things, but you don't see it because they knew, in order for real healing to take place, they had to disavow all that stuff. Which is why they paid reparations to the descendants of the Jews that were killed in our. That's why they did it. Apologies don't work unless you put some level of action behind it. It was my really long-winded way of saying that when I think about the national anthem, it doesn't represent everybody. Mark Cuban knew it. He talked about it. That's why they stopped doing it. And you know what? They didn't do it for 13 games and no one noticed.
0: We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking out loud radio show
2: I'm Brina Clark and you're listening to thinking out loud radio and TV podcast with Michael Nimmons
0: the thinking out loud radio show Give voice to issues that matter to you.
1: Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you Get were naked? you to believe?
0: Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Neimans talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden.
1: You send me
4: in to the 3 all radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. <laughs>
5: The former Minneapolis police officer convicted of murdering George Floyd learned his fate on Friday. A judge sentenced Derek Chauvin to 22 and a half years in prison. That sentence is lighter than the 30 years sought by prosecutors, but exceeds the 12 and a half years recommended by state guidelines. Chauvin and three fellow officers still face a federal civil rights trial. Chauvin knelt on Floyd's neck for nearly 10 minutes leading to his death it led to one of the biggest outcries against racial injustice in the nation's history. And as Jamie Ucas reports, Friday was the first time Chauvin broke his silence in the courtroom.
4: Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter! A vocal crowd gathered outside the Hennepin County Government Center to listen to Derek Chauvin's sentence. When it was announced, many wished he had gotten more time.
5: I mean, you have to ask the question, Is 22 years worth some by
4: It was an emotional day in court Friday when four Floyd family members provided victim impact statements, including Floyd's now seven-year-old daughter, Gianna, whose pain was recorded and played in the courtroom. I miss you and I love you. Others spoke to Chauvin directly. What was going through your
0: head when you had your knee on my brother's neck? I haven't had a real nice sleep. Because of the nightmares, I constantly have hearing my brother big and plead for his life.
4: Chauvin was convicted in April on three counts, including second-degree murder. The images of the officer's knee on George Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes ignited a call for police reform.
6: Everybody did their job
5: today. And um, now hopefully the family will have some level of uh, satisfaction knowing that George Floyd's life mattered. After the
4: verdict, Attorney General Keith Ellison told us this isn't justice, but is accountability and a step in the right direction.
5: When you look at all of the cases, Breonna Taylor, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, all these cases, we, we still haven't really embraced justice, even in terms of putting a stop to the problem. So I think that this case does represent accountability. It does signal the possibility of real justice, but we're not there yet.
4: Judge Peter Cahill agreed with the prosecutor's case, that Chauvin abused his position of trust and authority as an officer, and that he treated Floyd with particular cruelty.
2: We need to recognize the pain of the Floyd family.
4: Before announcing a sentence of 22 and a half years, 10 years longer than what Minnesota's sentencing guidelines stated, and much longer than the defense's request Chauvin be released on probation, Judge Cahill asked Chauvin if he had anything to say. The comments were brief.
5: I uh, want to give my condolences to the Floyd family. Um, there's going to be some other information in the future that would be of interest. and. Uh,
0: I hope things will give you some some peace of mind.
5: Thank you.
4: Chauvin now has 90 days to file an appeal, which he's almost certain to do. He also faces federal charges, along with those three other officers. If he's convicted of those charges, he could spend the rest of his life behind bars. For CBS This Morning Saturday, Jamie Yukis, Minneapolis.
6: Derek Chauvin received only 22 and a half years for the murder of George Floyd. The aggravated circumstances allowed the judge to go beyond the guidelines. Instead, he didn't even give him the maximum. Wouldn't even consider or give him the 30 years that the prosecutors recommended. Let me tell you what happened in 2015. In contrast, a man named Lonnie Pebley was given 736 years for shooting at police officers but as we see the officer that killed george floyd received less than the max what a travesty call your senators and tell them to enact the george floyd justice in policing act
1: We are back on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and uh, as you know we're going to be talking about a number of different issues in this week's edition uh, one of which is the Derek Chauvin uh, sentence that was handed down on this past Friday June the 25th in Minneapolis Minnesota and uh, as you heard in the show uh, the segment opening that you know Derek Chauvin was sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison uh, and uh, two-thirds of that is 15 years which uh, he will uh, serve and then uh, will uh, be eligible for parole uh, for good behavior. Uh, But again, that remains to be seen. It all depends on him, obviously. Uh, And so you have individuals that... Have come out and said, you know, emphatically they're disappointed about uh, this sentence, that that they believe that he deserves more time uh, because of the circumstances surrounding George Floyd's murder. Uh, Most, in fact, don't believe this was enough time given. Uh, the set of circumstances Surrounding George Floyd's murder Of 15 years is what he will serve Again which is two thirds of time Served after which he's eligible For parole or for good on uh, For good behavior but We don't know what's going to Happen with that again that's uh, uh, Circumstantial uh, And That will be determined uh, At the end or when the time Is appropriate uh, But you know I'm, you know, I, I, well, let, I, what I will say is this. You know, well, others think that this sentence, although not entirely sufficient, still say, sends a message to police officers that they will be held accountable for actions that violate their sacred oath to serve and protect the communities they work in, particularly communities of color. And again, there's two sides to this coin. Again, most people believe that this was not enough uh, time that, uh, that he should serve. Many were expecting him to serve between 25 to 30 years in prison, and uh, that would be sufficient time uh, but as you also heard in the show opening or the segment opening, rather, that there are also two other federal cases uh, that uh, against Derek Chauvin that could very well mean that he will spend the rest of his life in prison, one against George, one involving George Floyd's death and the other uh, involving a 14 year old girl he who he assaulted. Uh, as well so uh, Derek Chauvin is not out of the woods uh, by no means when it comes to the sentence here Um, and so you know I'm, I'm trying to look at it from both vantage points again one from those who believe that this was not enough time that was served and others who think that regardless of what Uh, Not regardless, but rather even even though it was not enough time served, it is still sending a message to police officers that they will be held accountable for actions that violate their sacred oath to serve and protect the communities they work in, particularly communities of color, because whether you want to believe it or not, this is uh, one of the highest, if not the highest or longest sentences uh, a police officer has been given uh, for killing a black man. Um, and from what I understand it is the the longest uh, sentence given to a police officer, a white police officer, for killing a black man in the state of Minnesota. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm like I'm, I'm 75 to eighty percent sure that or positive, rather that uh, this could very well be the highest or longest sentence that a police officer, a white police officer uh, is given in this country for killing a black killing a person of color. Um, and so it is uh, significant. Regardless of how you look at it, uh, it, is, it is still a significant amount of time. I believe as one uh, political analyst put it, it's still 22 and a half years that he will potentially have to serve. Um, and again, 15 of them uh, before he's eligible for parole. But... Uh, This is where we are And I believe that both sides have valid points And while I believe that sentence was lower than I expected I was hoping for between 25 and 30 years Like many of you I still think that this case sets a standard A new threshold for what justice looks like In the criminal justice system It is uh, uh, It's remarkable that You know First off, that he was convicted on all three counts uh, of of uh, of murder, the highest of which was second degree murder. And, uh, you know, I believe that that was definitely a step in the right direction uh, on the part of the criminal justice system by uh, holding this man accountable to that degree and the death of a black man. So that, in and of itself, I think, is uh, is remarkable. Uh, and and then here we have this sentence of 22 and a half years that uh, Derek Chauvin, former De- former officer Derek Chauvin, will have to, you know, ultimately serve or potentially serve in uh, in prison. And then two other cases against him that could potentially mean he would serve the rest of his life in prison as well. so I, I don't see this as all bad. I still see I still see the light at the end of the tunnel you know it, it, we're not where we're not where we should be but we're definitely uh, not where uh, we started. In all of this, because there was some that believed that this man was not going to serve a day in a day in prison, that that he was going to get off. And you could look at some of the photographs that were taken on the scene. This police officer probably felt in his mind that he was not going to be uh, punished for the death of this black man. You could see that in the photographs. You could see that he had and seemed to have no remorse when it came to the life of George Floyd. And you heard uh, some of his brief remarks in the uh, segment opening uh, former an officer, Derek Chauvin. But, you know, that I don't really uh, carry much weight because here this man's responsible, primarily responsible for taking the life of this black man. And here he's offering uh, an apology to the family that that just seems just seems so ironic and weird coming from him when he could have done something about it. He could have you know saved this man's life by literally taking his knee off of his neck, and we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. That 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 to me negates uh, his entire re- uh, his entire remarks completely. But. All that being said, you know what needs to happen. Congress, the Senate, and the President need to 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 make sh- to ensure that this doesn't happen again. Uh, needs to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act so that we can guarantee that in cases like these, police will serve substantial sentences for murdering people of color. Uh, particularly black and brown people, and and something needs to be done. I mean, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. Congress needs to act. Congress and the Senate. What well, Congress has act This this bill is still in uh, you know on the floor of the Senate and waiting the president's signature. Uh, it, it's 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 really unfortunate where we are in all of this uh, because you know. There's so many things that could have been done to save this man's life and to also prevent the deaths of others, you know, in similar circumstances. And, you know, here we are playing politics, as we see uh, happen most often in Washington. And p- politicians are standing with their, you know, arms folded, waiting for the ball to drop, or waiting for someone to do something when they have the power to do, they have the power to act. And that's why we've got to do what needs to be done. Whether it be contacting our Congress, marching, demonstrating, whatever it takes. You know, uh, doing podcasts and, and 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 using this platform, which is what we're doing, uh, to draw attention to the inequities that exist in this country. Uh, particularly in the criminal justice system and, uh, you know, doing what we can to uh, shine a light on these dark places. Um, The other side of this, in my view, is that this is really just a continuation of the disappointment that black people face when seeking justice for the wrongs that have been levied against our community. You know, here is the perpetual pain that we seem to feel in moments like these when we're expecting one thing and we get something entirely different. You know, we talked about this in a few shows uh, ago. Uh, Cornell West has talked about this, and you know, said that we seem to be in a perpetual, continual state of pain and grief, and uh, it just seems like. You know, every time we're expecting something to change, we get hit with something different. We're expecting one thing and we get something entirely different. Some would ask, when are we ever going to learn? When are we ever going to learn? Because you know, this is this is not just happened with George Floyd. This has happened in so many other cases. You know, we go all the way back to Trayvon Martin, even further back than that. Uh, Black people have been, you know, a party to this uh, perpetual state of grief. And yet it has not diminished our will to continue. And that is the resilient part about us that 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 really makes me feel like we're going to we're going to get this. We're going to to get where we need to go. When it comes to this fight for criminal uh, justice reform or or criminal justice overhaul, not reform, because uh, Director Ava DuVernay says she believes the system is doing what it's designed to do, and that is to incarcerate black and brown men and boys in prison. So the system is set up and designed to do what it's, it's, it's been designed and created to do. So we've got to overhaul and completely change the system um, and and so the the, the 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 point in all of this is we can never ever give up and you would think that a people that have been a party to perpetual pain and grief would, would feel uh, downtrodden and would feel uh, you know would have the 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 belief that well nothing's going to change and so why should we why should we uh why should we try to expect it or why should we try to pursue it but that has, that perpetual pain has not destroyed our will to continue and we cannot allow uh you know things like this to destroy our will to continue we cannot allow our perpetual pain uh to allow us to fall into this abyss of uh uh, complacency because when we fall into into this abyss of complacency then we will never get anything accomplished um And and I'll close this segment with this, you know, in one of my recent posts on Instagram, I quoted the legendary abolitionist Frederick Douglass, who when asked, what do black people need to do in our struggle for equality? He simply said, agitate, agitate, agitate. I'll say that again. When asked what black people need to do in our struggle for equality, this legendary abolitionist Frederick Douglass simply said, agitate, agitate, agitate. Essentially, people, he was saying, we cannot stop. We've got to keep moving. We cannot allow a setback to keep us from making a comeback. Not that a preach. We cannot allow a setback to keep us from making a comeback. And uh, I just believe that we've got to continue to be resilient because that is, that is the, the character and the nature of us as a people. And we have to rely on our resiliency. Uh, we have to raise our level of expectations and our level of action to get the results that we're looking for in all of this. Um, yes, uh, I am disappointed, like many of you, that the uh, the sentence was not higher. But again, I do believe that this uh, is a standard, now a threshold that we can look to, and I believe that it's going to get better. I think things are going to, uh, you know, police are going to be held to a greater accountability Uh, white police officers are not going to be able to get away with killing black and brown people. Uh, We've got to do whatever it takes. Uh, We've got to contact our senators, our congressmen. We've got to write letters. We've got to continue to march to demonstrate the protests to let Washington know that we're serious about getting uh, this legislation passed and getting things done That will benefit our community We love to know what your thoughts And opinions are about this As well Remember you can follow us On Instagram and Twitter At TOL Radio Host MSN Love to know what your thoughts are About this Again we believe that uh, Derek Chauvin Is guilty And that he deserves uh, Everything that he has Coming to him And I know you agree as well. Guys, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to talk about U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland announcing that they're going to be suing. The Justice Department is going to be suing the state of Georgia. We're going to talk more about that on the other side of the break. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back.
2: You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that
3: dial.
1: This is Martin Luther King III, and you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio host Michael Lemons.
0: The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Advocate Martin Luther King the
1: So I I think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come. Particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of you know the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean the last four years theoretically could cause of have caused people to. To have lost faith, particularly if if Trump had won. I think we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver
0: their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Given voice to issues that matter to you. The people have spoken from Minneapolis, Minnesota. an important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't 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 touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back.
2: Attorney General Merrick Garland today at the Justice Department opening a new front in the battle over voting rights in this country. It comes as Republicans in nearly every state are now pushing new restrictions to make it harder to cast a ballot. For more on this bill and what it all means, I'm joined by senior Washington reporter Devin Dwyer. Hey, Devin. Hey, Juju. Well, why is the Justice Department bringing this lawsuit now and just how significant is it?
7: It's really significant, Juju. This lawsuit against the state of Georgia is the biggest civil rights enforcement action the federal government has taken against a state in years. And it sends a clear message that the Biden administration is now going to go on offense to ensure equal access to the ballot. And it zeroes in uh, on these specific provisions that Georgia Republicans have put into law targeting absentee ballots, voting by mail. Uh, Here's what that law says. It's SB202. It bans the unsolicited mailing of applications for mail ballots, shortens the ballot request period in that state, adds an ID requirement. You don't have to put your driver's license number on the form. It also is reducing the number of drop boxes for ballots in Metro Atlanta, which, of course, is home to the largest black voting age population uh, in Georgia. The D- Justice Department says you look at that list, some of those in a vacuum might seem reasonable, but this didn't happen in a vacuum. The lawsuit says that Georgia Republicans explicitly intended to target black voters with those rules because there was that huge surge in black voter participation just in the last election. Uh, Now, Georgia's Republican governor, Juju Brian Kemp, said today he's going to fight this in court. He says this was born out of lies and misinformation. He says uh, President Biden's weaponizing the Justice Department. He's going to push back. Uh, But in any case, it will be up to federal courts soon to decide whether these amount to racial discrimination and whether they can stand.
2: And it really does set the stage for a federal oversight versus all of these states. And yet you mentioned the Supreme Court. All of this comes just days before we may get a Supreme Court decision that could have a significant impact on all this.
7: Yeah, this is extraordinary timing that this lawsuit has come out right now because next week, Juju, in a major case uh, out of the state of Arizona, the Supreme Court is expected to lay out a standard for how to decide when a state voting rule violates the Voting Rights Act. That's the law we're talking about here. It says uh, any state rule that results in the denial or abridgment of the right to vote on account of race is illegal. So what's the standard of proof you have to show if you're going to challenge a state voting law? Well, what the justices say next week will be hugely significant uh, towards that test. It will impact how the Justice Department takes on Georgia. Could it make it harder for them uh, to take on the state? We will see, and we'll be watching that right here at Juju.
2: And we'll be hearing from you next week, no doubt. Devin Dwyer, thanks for everything.
1: Alright guys, we are back on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and I'm your host Michael Nimmons and we talked before the break about the Derek Chauvin uh, sentence and uh, what our thoughts were about it again, you're always welcome to uh, send us an email at contact at and uh, leave us your comments uh, as well as uh, leave them on social media for us as well uh, you can always follow us again at TOL Radio Host MSN on Instagram and Twitter. We would love to know what your thoughts are about this. Do you think that uh, the sentence was fair or do you think that Derek Chauvin deserved more time? Uh, what are what side of the coin are you standing on? What what do you think you what do you feel uh, should have happened uh, in this particular trial? We'd love to know what your thoughts are about it. In this segment we're gonna be talking about um, something else that I believe is directly affecting us as people of color, regardless of where you're living in this country. Uh, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, announced uh, on this past week the Justice Department will be suing the state of Georgia for its unconstitutional voting laws. That's right, guys, and uh, we talked about this in a few shows ago in our Georgia on Our Mind uh, show. We called it, uh, and uh, where where you know this this SB 202 uh, voting bill that was signed and or passed and signed by uh, the Georgia state legislature and uh, you know Republican Governor Brian Kemp uh, that basically just infringes on uh, people of colors' right to vote in the state of Georgia. We're getting we're going to get into it in this segment, Uh, but that's really what's what's happening. And you know, hats off to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland for uh, really rolling up his sleeves along with the Justice Department uh, and filing a suit against the state of Georgia for uh, these unconstitutional voting laws. You know, we've been talking about this for some time now, and, you know, our shows, Black Lives Matter, Black Voters Matter, you can go back and look through our podcast catalog that's available at michaelnemons.com or wherever you listen to your podcast and listen to some of the shows that we've been talking about this and uh and what's happening because we certainly believe that you know everybody has a right to vote and uh, it's irresponsible uh if you're a citizen of this country regardless of color if you do not exercise your right to vote uh it is a uh, it is a a right given to you uh, through your citizenship and one that you certainly should take advantage of especially if you are an african-american and uh, you know I, I just don't understand what your justification is for not uh, you know for, for not voting so um, this is this is where we are guys and so um, we, we we believe that uh, it's important you heard it in the segment opening uh, some of the things that are happening in fact the georgia bill uh sb 202 does the following it bans unsolicited absentee ballot applications uh that means that uh the state of georgia cannot send uh the the um the 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 state of Georgia, the your your city's municipality, cannot that the clerk of that the uh, the elections department clerk cannot send unsolicited absentee ballot applications to you, and uh, you know that this uh, of, of of course is is it is not being able to do that really is. It's, you know, we we have that out of sight, out of mind type of mentality, what that really that's what that really means. If I'm not thinking about voting, then, you know, sending an unsolicited absentee ballot application to remind uh, citizens of Georgia that uh, when and how they need to vote uh, is not an option for them any longer. Uh, and that I think is what this the, the, this is really saying They, you know, when somebody when the when you when your city sends you an absentee ballot, they're really letting you know this is your opportunity to vote. It's a reminder of when you need to have it in. It's a reminder of who's on the ballot and all of those things and whether you actually use that absentee ballot at that particular time or you go in uh, to the precinct to vote in person. Person, uh, it's really a reminder of how important uh, it is to vote. And that's what they're taking off the table by banning unsolicited absentee ballot applications and then basically uh, opening up the door for those who, you know, are depending on those absentee ballot applications or not as dialed in as some of us are about voting to say, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know about it. And they have a legitimate excuse now because the clerk was not able to send unsolicited absentee ballot applications to these individuals as reminders to them that they need to vote. Uh, They also shortened the ballot request period, meaning that uh, you know there's uh, that that ballot request period time is shortened, so uh, you don't have an opportunity to request uh, a a absentee ballot application. Um, Again, this harkens back to what happened in November during the presidential election. All of these things uh, are directly uh, direct attacks against uh the results the election results that the Republican party are continuing to say this the election was stolen from them uh even to the point uh you know where um you have you know uh trump, and his people saying that he's going to uh, be president again in August. That—that That is, I cannot believe that that is actually something they're putting out there. And I'll, I'll get into that in a minute, but that is, that's what's happening. Uh, shortened ballot request period, adds ID requirement. And We all know what that means because you know sometimes your your ID information is not valid or it's expired or you know you may have forgotten it or left it at home or whatever, whatever. And because you don't have that record, that ID, then you're not able to vote. Again, that, that reduces uh, or that negates uh, a person's vote uh, for that particular election. And what ultimately happens is it ultimately reduces the overall voter count because of Uh, The lack of the right identification, adding that as a part of the voting requirement, fewer drop boxes in the metro Atlanta area, which is uh, primarily populated by black people. Uh, a high, a high volume, a high population of Black people live in Metro Atlanta, and so now you're saying that there are fewer drop boxes that are going to be available in Metro Atlanta. Uh, and what is the justification behind that? You would think that the more, the higher the population, the more drop boxes that are necessary and needed. You would think that. The higher the population, it would require more drop boxes in that area. But the opposite is happening. The opposite is true. And that is what they're saying. Fewer drop boxes in Metro Atlanta area. And again, it means that uh, fewer opportunities for uh, you to drop off your absentee ballot in the metro Atlanta area. And all of these things really just, uh, it, it really causes people to not want to vote. And, you, and, and here we're addressing uh, those apathetic voters who believe, again, that the system is diametrically opposed against them. And here's proof. Here is your proof that the system is working against you. It is working against you. you. I hear people who are apathetic about voting all of the time and saying that my vote doesn't count, my vote doesn't matter. Um, but again, there, uh, there's two sides to this coin. And that regardless of what you see on the surface, uh, this is evidence, this is also evidence that your vote does count because they are trying to take away your opportunity to vote. So two ways of looking at this, two ways of looking at this and the way that I choose to look at it is that your vote does count, because if it didn't count, they would not be trying their hardest and their best to stop you from voting. Uh, Another uh, thing that we talked about during our Georgia on our mind podcast uh, that this SB 202 bill That was passed in Georgia. Bans giving out any food or beverages to voters uh, at precincts waiting in line to vote. Uh, And again, it is a direct attack against uh, the election results uh, back in November. When you had long lines of people that were voting both in November and in January for the Senate runoff, and you all know that Atlanta, Hot Atlanta, as it's called sometimes, it gets hot standing in those long lines, uh, and uh, you know they don't want, you know. Uh, people out there passing out water. I heard uh, one politician in in favor of this particular bill might have even been the secretary of state uh, trying to defend it by saying that, uh, you know, we don't want um, uh, not poll workers, but. Um, Representatives of candidates passing out water and food as a way to, you know, influence voters to vote a certain way because they've gotten some kind of gift from a representative of a candidate standing outside. And again, that is that's ridiculous that it's just it just doesn't make much sense. Um, And people are not going to vote a certain way because they got some water or some chips from a candidate's representative while standing outside waiting. To vote, so you know, here we have it. This is this is what this is what the Justice Department is fighting uh, against, and uh, I am, applaud Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland and the Justice Department for taking up this case uh, because it is, I believe, sending a message to uh, you know other states. Uh, States like Texas and even right here in the state of Michigan, we have voting uh, bills that are being proposed at this point. I believe that's in the state legislature. We all know that they're going to ultimately be vetoed by Governor Gretchen uh, Whitmore. Uh, Whitmer, she's already said that. Uh, but I believe that what Republicans are going to do is to try to find a way to put them on the ballot and use legal ease as the way uh, to influence uh, voters uh, uh, to pass uh, these you know unconstitutional voting rights bills put by putting them on uh, putting them on uh, the uh, Putting, putting them in right into people's faces to vote. So, you know, this is the kind of political games that are being played right now, and it's, it's sad. It really is. It's really sad that, um, you know, this is where we are in all of this. And, you know... Uh, we, we talked just a few minutes ago about the state of our country. And here, you know, uh, former President Donald Trump is putting it out there that, you know, he's going to uh, be president again in August. Like what? He's going to be reinstated <laughs> as president in August. Really, I, I don't really believe that he even believes that's going to happen I really believe that is just his attempt to stay in uh, in the political fray. I believe it's just a way for him to stay out in the public uh, because he's an entertainer and, and, and that's what he knows and, and, and he's best at keeping people entertained. He knows that uh, CNN and Fox News and all of those news outlets are you know infatuated with him and what better way to keep all of this going uh, by by saying that he's going to be president again in August. The one thing I can guarantee you is that President Joe Biden is not... Uh, losing any sleep over this at all. He is not up, you know, having sleepless nights thinking about this man being reinstated in August because he clearly lost the election back in November. He has no leg to stand on whatsoever. Uh, But, you know, what again, you can clearly see the racist, uh, the racism that exists in this country by even entertaining uh the the you know entertaining the asinine thoughts of this lunatic in him saying that he is going to be reinstated as president of the United States can you imagine if obama did anything close to this it is it, un it is unimaginable it's it's ridiculous and You know, for the media to even entertain this, to me, is unconscionable because we have so much more important things to uh, to to be concerned with and to focus on. than if Donald Trump is going to be reinstated as president of the United States in August, that's ridiculous. You know, he couldn't win the election uh, back in November. He lost every fight he tried uh, in court, and every uh, my uh, now every pronouncement that he made about trying to overturn the election failed. So, you, you know what? What? Why do we even want? Why do we even care at this point? Why do we even care? But is we care because? You know, the, the media is infatuated with Donald Trump. Let's be clear about that. That's really what it is. They are infatuated with Donald Trump. And we need to move on from him. We need to move on to to better things. The Republican Party needs to move on. From that, and and to stop peddling this lie that the election was uh, was stolen from him, when uh, seventy five million Americans were well, actually with more than seventy five that was that voted for him it was it was it was something like eighty million Americans voted uh, in favor of Joe Biden and against Donald Trump, but. That's also that seventy-five million Americans is what the Republicans cannot seem to get over, because he he holds the fate of the Republican Party in his decrepit, uh, idiotic hands, and and that's that's where they are. They can't seem to get out of their own way. And that's why you're seeing uh, Republican uh, governors and, 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 uh, uh, you know, politicians trying to uh, lobby for these unconstitutional voting rights bills because they, you know, because instead of trying to win the elections, they just change, you know, they change, the, they change the rules that, that and that right there is, is clearly be doing the work to engage their constituents and their voters on why they should be voting for uh, the Republican Party, as opposed to voting Democrat, spending their time uh, trying to come up with better ways to uh, a better legislation, better policy uh, to counteract their Democratic competitors. Let's be honest. Instead of the Republican Party trying to engage their uh, constituents and their voters uh, with better policy, with, you know, uh, better legislation, uh, they and they they focus on changing the rules of the game uh, instead of, again, trying to um uh, be a better party and a more engaging party with their constituents. And that is going to be their that is going to be the death of the Republican Party if something isn't done. And what needs to happen is they need to separate from Donald Trump. That that that's the that that's it in a nutshell. Somebody with a spine in the Republican Party needs to speak up And 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 say that enough is enough. Now, Liz Cheney tried to do that, and the Republican Party ousted her. Well, there's no way that we should be, um, you know. Asleep During this time, I think we should be woke as uh, as we say, uh, and there's no reason that we should be uh, sitting on the sidelines watching the, these things happen to us. But we should be in some ways involved. In what's going on and what's happening around us. I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about that. Again, you can always email us at contactamichaelnemons.com or send us a text or a tweet, uh, rather, a tweet, rather, at uh, at TOL radio host. M-S-N that's right guys M-S-N love to know what your thoughts are about it as well well guys we're going to take our next break when we come back we're going to be talking some Tyler Perry and T.D. Jakes and what they're up to we'll do that on the other side of the break it's a Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show we'll be right back don't don't, don't, don't touch that dial it's the Thinking Out Loud radio show we'll be right back
0: Dr. Peniel
5: Joseph. You don't have to be Team Malcolm or Team Martin. I think you should be both. You know, so I think the black community needs both. I think that King is much more revolutionary and radical than the public perceives him to be. And I think Malcolm is is a much more um, brilliant and and, and, um, courageous individual who can be radically pragmatic and revolutionarily pragmatic to save Black lives while trying to defeat white supremacy than people give him credit for. So that's why I try to show Malcolm is absolutely this prosecuting attorney, but he's also a Black America statesman, too. He's going to the Middle East. He's going to Africa. um, He's schooling the young Cassius Clay before he's Muhammad Ali on what Africa means, you know, what his identity means. So... I think I put them together because I thought there was much more convergence than divergence. And I think when you frame them the other way, you hurt um, understanding of the movement.
0: We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
2: Vision
1: Guys, we are back on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Nemes. And we've been talking about a number of different issues in this week's edition of the podcast. And um, we started the show talking about uh, the Derek Chauvin uh, trial and uh, the sentencing and whether that was. Uh, a fair sentence or not and what our thoughts were about that and uh, you know we, we said that we were disappointed in the number of years we thought it was going to be somewhere around 25 or 30 year, thirty years but we also believe that this uh, sentence 22 and a half years is uh, sending a message a direct message to uh, white police officers around the country that you're going to be held accountable uh, for uh, killing black and brown people and uh, you know there's still yet work to be done in this and that the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act is definitely something that needs to be passed and there still needs to be criminal justice reform or overhaul overhaul rather that needs to take place as well but we love to get your thoughts and feedback about that and uh, then last segment, we talked about uh, the uh the justice department suing the state of georgia for sb202 that voting bill that basically infringes on the rights of black and brown people in the state of georgia so uh again hats off to uh, garland maryland garlic uh merrick garland attorney general merrick garland hats off to Again, hats off to Attorney General Merrick Garland for stepping in in this case uh, and basically hearing uh, the protests and the demonstrations that have been put forth by voting rights activist Stacey Abrams and Black Voters Matter co-founder Latasha Brown and Senator Reverend Warnock all from the state of Georgia that have taken up this fight and basically have their voices have resonated uh all the way uh to the Justice Department in Washington that something has got to be done and this is what's happening as a result of it and so um it's sending a message to states uh, in this country that you're not going to be able to get away with uh you know Republicans changing the rules in, of voting uh you know and so um <clears throat> We talked about that in the last segment. Of course, you're always welcome to email us to contact at michaelnemons.com and to leave us a comment uh, on any. Uh, of our social media accounts uh, on Twitter and Instagram at TOR Radio Host MSN who knows we may even share your thoughts on the air uh, during the podcast but guys in this segment we're talking about uh, something that is happening in the state of Georgia again with uh, uh, Tyler Perry and uh, notable iconic pastor T.D. Jakes Uh, you know these are two Uh, Influencers uh, in the culture that are doing some big things And we wanted to take some time uh, to talk about what they're doing Um, And according to uh, the Atlantic uh, Journal of Constitution And uh, the Atlantic Journal of Constitution Tyler Perry and T.D. Jakes to buy remaining Fort Mac land um, according to this uh, news outlet, filmmaker Tyler Perry has reached a deal to buy about 40 acres at Fort McPherson, uh, the shuttered U.S. Army base, where he plans to develop an entertainment and shopping district. Uh, and separately, megachurch pastor T.D. Jake struck a deal to acquire about 95 of the remaining acres where he wants to per- pursue his own development project in affordable and work. Workforce housing, uh, the Fort McPherson in Implementing Local Redevelopment Authority approved the deals Thursday, according to a press release. All available property at the 488-acre former base, which closed in 2011, is now sold or under contract. And so, uh, these gentlemen are part of uh, the, the change that's happening in the state of Georgia financial details such as his purchase price will not disclose for either transaction the authority did not say when the sales are expected to close but if this deal does go through Perry will own about 368 acres there the entertainment district will be open to the public and not connected to the adjoining Tyler Perry Studios his namesake film production facility uh, will include a theater district retail restaurants and plenty of employment opportunities according to a news release and then and according to Jakes, who has been in talks since at least March about purchasing the property, uh, said in a news release, he wants to develop real estate and programs in response to the growing nationwide need for affordable, attainable and workforce housing. But he did not. Provide any details, but I think this is very historic and monumental. Uh, these two iconic leaders in the black community are doing some phenomenal things. We know about uh, Tyler Perry Studios. Uh, he purchased, I believe, three hundred and thirty acres uh, of that property uh, for thirty million dollars, and uh, you know who knows how much it's worth now. But I can only we can only imagine, and he. Is continuing uh, to uh, do things in uh, in the state of Georgia, and not just in the state of Georgia, in the black community to elevate uh, and to even empower black people around the country and uh, and Bishop T.D. Jakes is numbered among them as well and the purchase of these this acreage to uh, provide housing and real estate and programs uh, targeted to black people uh, I think is another uh, step in the right direction and uh, I'm just wanting to take some time in this Week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show to just really highlight and talk about uh, some of the great things that uh, these men are doing in the black community, particularly Bishop T.D. Jakes, because You know, we know him as uh, a powerful and dynamic preacher, uh, and, you know, my family listens to him all the time. My parents do. uh, I do. Uh, He just, of course, always has an encouraging word uh, to share with people um, and, you know, people we, you know, people tune in, not just in this country, but around the world uh, to his ministry. And he is innovative. uh, he is reaching outside of the uh, outside of the box and doing so many great things, and this is definitely one of them uh, that he's adding to his repertoire. He's thinking about not just. Uh, the souls of his community but also uh, the livelihood of that community as well where are they going to live how are they going to live those are some questions that churches nowadays need to ask and need to focus on not just the souls of their uh, parishioners but also the livelihood of their parishioners as well I mean we're just coming out of a pandemic and many say we're still in the midst of it because we're not uh, completely out of it. We talked in the last uh, episode about COVID nineteen and uh, that we can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we're not uh, out of the completely out of the woods yet. There's still yet new cases coming out, and people are still dying because of it. And uh, what are the churches? What are the churches doing in response to it? And um, you know, this has definitely been. A uh, 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 interesting time period, not just for the country and the world, but particularly in the church world. Uh, you know, churches have had to pivot and they've had to change things. We're used to being in buildings and we're used to doing ministry in person and used to uh, connecting uh, with people that way. And because of this pandemic. We've had to pivot. We've had to change. We've had to almost change on a dime, it seems, in many cases. Now churches are. You know, having service in parking lots and open air uh, venues, and uh, they're you know using technology now—Zoom and Microsoft Teams and other uh, and social media, Facebook and um, YouTube and other mediums to uh, reach their congregants and their parishioners, and that is that those ways are turning out to be effective, and people are being engaged and, you know, T.D. Jakes being one of the leaders uh, of this uh, pivot and of this change and transformation that's happening within the church world. Uh, and uh, hats off to him. He's always been an innovator. He's always been a leader when it comes to ministry uh, outside of the walls, beyond the walls with Megafest. I had an opportunity uh, years ago uh, when I was a youth pastor at my church to attend Megafest uh, in the state of Georgia and I was just blown away at what was going on there and the ministry that was taking place, you know. Conf- the conference was, um, you know, uh, uh, a uh, excellent conference, and they had so many different things that you could be a part of: comedy shows, concerts, um, all kinds of forums and panels, and it was just a great, great um, experience. And it c- is continuing. To, uh, to grow and, uh, but again. He has always been a leader when it comes to ministry. And now, you know, he's taken it to yet another level. He's also, of course, written books. Uh, You know, I've I've just been an admirer of his. Uh, This latest book, Don't Drop the Mic, is one that I've got to get. I want to read it because I believe it has some powerful messages uh, for this generation of people, uh, particularly those of us who are, you know, doing things like this podcasting and using our platforms to empower others because uh one thing's for sure you know this is um you know we we can't sit around and wait on things to happen and doors to open you've got to be about making things happen you've got to be about the business of making things happen for yourself, and uh, you can definitely look at the the lives of these two influences, iconic, uh, iconic uh, filmmaker Tyler Perry, and iconic leader uh, T- Bishop T.D. Jakes, and so. Um I wanted to take some time in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show and pay tribute and homage to uh, these great men, uh, particularly Bishop T.D. Jakes. We talk a lot about Tyler Perry, uh, and we have talked about him before. But Bishop T.D. Jakes, of course, is um, a leader par excellence and one that all of us can definitely follow and mirror ourselves after guys we're getting ready to take our last break when we come back we're getting right into our thought of the week entitled snap out of it you don't want to go anywhere you're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online it's the thinking out loud radio and tv show we'll be right back
2: you're listening to the thinking out loud radio show with pastor michael nimmons don't you dare touch that dial Everyone, this is jazz saxophonist Jasmine Gent, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with your host Michael Simmons.
0: The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Get your copy now available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting MichaelNemons.com.
1: Like a victim when you are already victorious. Good friend of ours, iconic, legendary radio host right here in Detroit, John Mason. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you, Pastor Michael, man. <laughs>
5: it out of a cloud and always listen to thinking it out loud
0: it'll change your life it'll do it every time you watch and listen it'll change your life
5: every day
2: tune in to the thinking out loud radio show every tuesday at 8 p.m with radio host michael Lemons. available everywhere you listen to your podcast and now available for download on the detroit praise network app
0: It's time, time,
1: time, For the thinking our loud radio
0: show, thought of the week.
1: This week's thought is entitled Snap Out of It. And this week's thought we focus in on the life of the prodigal son in Luke the 15th chapter in verse 17 is where we find this young man after he had left his father's house to go to a far country to live riotously after he had asked for his inheritance and to finally left his father's house after his so-called friends had deserted and abandoned him in verse 17 we find him in a hog pen ensconced in and not just the mess of his environment but also the residue of his failed past It was in this hog pen that he had time to reflect upon his riotous living. It was in this hog pen that he had time to remember how poorly he treated his father. It was in this hog pen that he had to grapple with his rebellious spirit. It was in this hog pen that he had to ultimately look himself in the mirror and see the destructive path that he had taken. It seems that once a person has hit the proverbial rock bottom, that's when they come to terms with where they are and can then answer the question where do we go from here for this young man the hog pen was his crossroads the hog pen became the threshing floor of his soul where he had to come to grips with his life and make a decision that would ultimately change the course of his life forever And this is where the central theme of this week's thought is found. Not in the son's toxic relationship with his father. Not in the son's arrogant request for his inheritance. Not in the son's decision to move to a far country to live riotously and foolishly at his own expense. But the matter at hand and where the crux of this week's message is found is that he came to himself. These four words are the message we're attempting to convey. He came to himself. We know and understand life to be difficult and challenging at times. Life can sometimes weigh heavily on our mentality and cause us to fall into a severe state of depression and to sometimes even lose hope. But we cannot afford to stay there. We've got to do like this young man who had an epiphany in the muck and the mire of the hog pen. We might be in the hog pen of our own lives, but the worst thing that we can do today, the worst thing that we can do tomorrow, the worst thing that we can do for this week is to stay there but we've got to snap out of it Snap out of depression, snap out of grief, snap out of self-pity, snap out of complacency, snap out of fear, snap out of doubt, snap out of jealousy, snap out of low self-esteem, snap out of pain and shake yourself, awake yourself, recreate and reinvent yourself into new possibilities, new opportunities, new horizons that God has in store just for you. Enjoy this week's start of the week entitled Snap Out of It, and we hope you do just that. You can't afford to stay depressed. You can't afford to let anxiety uh, overwhelm you, but you've got to snap out of it, shake yourself out of it, do whatever you got to do, and come out of it because you've got better days ahead. Want to thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We appreciate your support. We hope you enjoy the topics that we discussed uh, on this uh, this week's edition uh, of the show: the Derek Chauvin sentence and uh, the lawsuit against the state of Georgia, as well as what TD Jakes and Tyler Perry are doing in the state of Georgia, guys. We are thank we again thank you so much. For tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Your support of our show is greatly appreciated. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget to join us this evening at 8 p.m. live on Instagram for the after show. We're going to be on talking about not just this week's podcast, but also the topics from last week's podcast as well. So, guys, we're looking forward to chopping it up with you, you and even you. So be sure to join us uh, live on Instagram at 8 p.m. for the after show. Remember to follow us on Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN to be a part of all the fun. We've got a great show in store for you on next week. My special guest is one of our partners, uh, entrepreneurs, and CEO of DM Designs. Daryl Myrie. is going to be our special guest right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show talking about his graphic design business and all that he's offering to you, the listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Guys, you don't want to miss next week's show. I'm telling you, it is definitely, a show you don't want to miss. Well, we get ready to get out of here. We'll see you in a little bit at 8 p.m. for the after show live on Instagram. Until then, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemmons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemmons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemmons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.